Welcome to the Gateways Beyond International Podcast, featuring inspirational teaching from our ministry bases in the nations. For more information, please visit us online at gatewaysbeyond.org. Obviously, we, uh, we all believe we are in such a key time for the church, for the body of Messiah. It's we're, we're making history together. We're called to make history together. But it's not the church alone that makes history as we draw closer to Yeshua's return. It's the church in relationship with Israel and the Jewish people. And related to this, there's, there's a word that Paul uses in his letters. He uses it a number of times, but two of the most important, I think, and, and it, it links a couple of key concepts together. And the word I'm thinking of is the word mystery. First of all, in Ephesians, Paul talks about God revealing to him what had previously been a mystery. And what had been a mystery was the idea of the Gentiles becoming believers in Jesus without having to first become Jewish. This was a mystery in his day. It was a truth that had been hidden for a time, but it was being revealed by the Spirit of God. And it was related to God bringing together Jew and Gentile and doing that through Yeshua without doing away with our ethnic and cultural distinctions. Through Yeshua, God brings Jew and Gentile into a connectedness so that in Him we actually become what Paul calls in Ephesians 2, one new man, one new humanity. And it's from the passage on one new man that, that Paul goes on in chapter 3 to connect this mystery of God with his intent, with God's intent to display his manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers in heavenly places through the church. Amen. It's related to the one new man. But now Paul also uses the word mystery related to the spiritual blindness of the Jewish people in relation to Jesus and the eventual lifting of that blindness from the eyes of the Jewish people, Romans eleven twenty five. Well, what strikes me here is that both of these concepts, the one new man and the ultimate salvation of Israel, they are both called a mystery and they both are, are, they both are, are key to the return of Yeshua. So wouldn't it make sense that there might be a connection between the mystery of the one new man and the mystery of Israel's salvation. I think there is a connection. Now, to throw something else into the mix, we might consider Romans 9 through 11, found right in the middle of this amazing letter from Paul, which is basically an in-depth discourse on the meaning and nature of salvation. Why is Romans 9 through 11 there? Well, really, we need to understand, first of all, Romans 9 through 11, contrary to how it's sometimes presented, Romans 9 through 11 is not just about Israel. Romans 9 through 11 is about world redemption and showing that it's Israel and the church that are key together to world redemption. And so Paul is explaining, in light of Israel's unbelief at that time, how it is, how it can be that Israel is actually still part of God's plan along with the church. Yeah. And that this would be key, that Jewish people coming to Messiah would be key to the return of Yeshua and the ultimate fulfillment of God's kingdom promises. 
So why are these chapters found in the midst of this discourse on, on the meaning and nature of salvation? Because understanding the connection of Israel and the church is, is really key to what, understanding what our salvation is all about. Salvation is not just about how I as an individual can come into the full blessing of God and, and, and live with him for eternal life. That's a part of it as it relates to me. But it's about really the bigger picture is about how Jew and Gentile as his body together can come into the kind of partnership and oneness that God desires for seeing the kingdom come in fullness. Come on. Now the fact that Paul calls these issues of mystery suggests that we need revelation from the Spirit to see more clearly the full importance of these issues. But the idea that this is a mystery can also be kind of a stumbling block to us as believers. See, when we're dealing with God's mysteries, we can try to use natural understanding for process the mystery, and that will never work because we need the Spirit's help. We need the Spirit's insight. Joe and I have been part of the Messianic movement for 40 years now, ever really, ever since we came to the Lord. And one thing that has saddened us over the years has been a tendency in many parts of the Messianic movement to isolate ourselves from the church. Thinking, we don't relate to them, they don't understand us, so let's just stay isolated. And obviously I'm oversimplifying, but that's kind of the bottom line. But then we've also seen in parts of the Gentile church that when believers don't have revelation on the Israel issue and God's irrevocable calling for the Jewish people... They can also figure, well, I don't understand it. I don't get what these Messianic Jews are all about and their customs and traditions, so I'm just going to keep it a distance. Beloved, we're too often trying to process God's mystery with natural understanding. And if it doesn't make sense to us, we can end up being tempted to back away from it. But our real need is to press in to discover what it is that God wants to reveal of his mysteries. God's mysteries are meant to be uncovered, not ignored or avoided. And I think for the Messianic movement and the Gentile church as well, that means needing to move beyond our lack of understanding of one another and instead partnering to reveal this mystery of Jew and Gentile being one in Messiah. And it's as we commit to doing this and take steps towards doing this that I think we're more likely to actually begin to understand this mystery that we're all taking part in. It means blessing one another, receiving from one another in tangible ways, building bridges of relationship with those we, we don't understand and who may not understand us. We're all responsible here. We as the body are to display together the multifaceted wisdom of God, as Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.10. The power of the message demonstrated by the church to the world comes from the oneness we embrace in spite of our diversity. Too often we can think that we, we can be one with those who are like us and who we understand, but there's nothing supernatural about that level of unity. What makes it a supernatural unity is we're diverse, we're different, we have distinctions, different callings, different... What, what we do looks differently, looks different from one another. You see, in God's eyes, every nation and tribe and culture is uniquely valuable to manifesting his glory. Every individual and every ethnic group submitted to the lordship of Yeshua offers distinct tribute to the glory of God. Come on. So as we consider God's plan for world redemption, I think 
We, we need a greater unveiling of this mystery of the one new man because it's central to the plan. But then there also needs to be a greater unveiling of the mystery of God in relation to Israel's salvation and how the church fits into that for provoking Israel to jealousy. Jeff, I totally understand what you were saying earlier when you shared that Israel has plenty of Messianic Jews to hear from. But you know what? It, what Israel needs is you. What Israel needs is, is, is all of you who may not be Jewish by birth. Who respond to the call to provoke them to jealousy. That's part of the mystery of this whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have called it a mystery. The glorious fulfillment of the one new man must include the Jewish people coming to know Yeshua and fulfilling the promise that all Israel will be saved and the church being key to that. But the one new man also includes Jew and Gentile coming together in this covenantal partnership as we recognize this divine moment of history we are in together. All of this is part of the mystery of God. But it's not mystery we need to be afraid of. We don't need to avoid it. It's mystery we need to dig into together. To see what it means for us as individuals, as congregations, and as communities. We ask the question, well, what does it look like? And, you know, honestly, I don't think I really know the answer to that. Because we're here, we're here from 12 nations and multiple regions and our own walking out of one new man. It's going to look different in different nations and different regions and different families. But I think we do find a key principle in Romans 11 that shows us, at least on a basic level, what's required for the one new man to more fully take form. It's the principles of humility and servanthood. It's the principles of mutual blessing and interdependence. It's already been mentioned today and, and yesterday. Looking for what God might have for us in relation to mutual blessing and interdependence. And I want to just close quick with uh, reading quickly from Romans 11 because this passage is so powerful. And I think Paul gives us a key here. Verse 34, as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their, meaning Israel's disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. See, he's referring here to the nation of Israel receiving the mercy of God through the witness and prayer and love of the body of Messiah. And this brings God's plan full circle. We've heard that phrase numerous times these last couple of days. The Gentiles receive the mercy of God through the Jewish people, but it's going to be reversed. As Israel will receive mercy through the Gentiles, the Jewish people can't boast of having received God's mercy apart from the Gentiles, and the Gentiles can't boast of having received the mercy apart from the Jews. Jew and Gentile alike have been consigned to disobedience, Paul says, leaving us in the place where we would have to receive mercy through one another. Apart from each other, Jew and Gentile are just left trapped in our disobedience so that we would be forced wow. to find the mercy of God through depending on one another. Wow. See, when all of God's plan is fulfilled, the Jewish people will be able to say to the Gentile church, you were key to our salvation, and gratitude and humility will be the result. 
The Gentile church will be able to say to the Jewish people, if not for you, we would not have had our salvation. No one can boast in themselves apart from each other. We're, we're all just left in our disobedience. We needed each other in order to come into the fullness of God's plan. So again, what does this look like? Well, it certainly looks like, I think, what we're doing here this week. But beyond that, I think we need to take it to another level in our own lives, in our congregations, in our communities. To make it a priority to pray out how this looks in our own locality. Sometimes I think we just need to, to make the commitment to step out and do something before God gives us the clarity in what it's supposed to look yes. like. I felt like he gave me something I, when we came back from Alaska a few weeks ago. Because we feel like we don't know what we're doing. We don't fully understand why we're there. And I felt like God said, well, the kingdom is not about knowing what you're doing. It's about doing what you know. Yes. Wow. So good. Say that again, Jim. The kingdom of God is not about knowing what we're doing. Because the reality is too often we don't. It is about doing what we know. That's good. What God shows us to do, we do whether we understand it or not. And don't worry about it if you know what you're doing. I think we're all in that boat, really. We don't know a whole lot of what we're doing. We're just kind of walking through this, not blindly, because faith isn't blind, but we're walking through this not fully understanding, not fully seeing, but saying, God has given vision for this, and I'm going after it. And that's what we're doing. Come on. One last thing, and Matt, you know, Matt already alluded to this a couple times, but the point is this. Realize that because of the modern restoration of Israel and the re-emergence of a Messianic Jewish remnant after 2,000 years of a primarily Gentile church, we are part of the first generation in history to actually be able to participate in the fullness of the meaning of one new man. Wow. We're the first generation that could do it. It couldn't happen until there was a Messianic Jewish remnant. Let the magnitude of that be an encouragement to all of us, really to press into God and get his revelation of this mystery of the one new man and to see how our lives and our communities and our families are to be involved. In Israel's salvation, in the salvation of the nations, it's not just about Israel, it's world redemption. Amen. And in the one new man taking form and substance in our day for ultimately hastening the day of Yeshua's return. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen.